Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, started a little late tonight to get off, uh, get off work. Some of us are just being lazy, and some of us forgot that we were doing the show. But uh, the point is that we're all here. We're ready to go. Another another big, big week in Liga Mekis, as, uh, as you all know. The big, big story of the week. Uh, shocking news. Pumas is in first place. I know it's... Uh, <laughs> Took everybody by surprise, but uh, no, I mean the reality is that aside from that from that gigantic story, uh, there was also a, a little play introduction that happened in the in, in the center of the country down in Leon, with uh, Landon Donovan being uh, introduced as uh, the newest member of La Fiera in Leon. So we'd like to uh, talk a little bit about that. My name is John Jagu. Uh, glad to have you guys with us this evening, as we do every Thursday night on. Uh, this YouTube channel. You can subscribe to this uh, channel as well as uh, give us a like on Facebook. And uh, don't forget also to, uh, which is a Cantina MX underscore pod. Have a, as always, a, a, a terrific stable of folks that are joining us tonight. We're going to start off uh, in California, to be specific. Joining us uh, is uh, Joel Aceves. Joel, how are you, sir? Joel Leon. Right now, I'm in, I'm in the Ocido right now, John. Oh, are you in Tustin? Si, si, señor. Um, well, I've been pretty spot on with my goat analysis. And by goat, I mean did Chivas. You, uh, did, you, uh, bring, did you take your passport to go to the OC, Joel? <laughs> yeah, I, I brought it with me just in case. Um, but yeah, I had talked early on about how my goats were going to struggle. And yeah, 0-0 zero, zero against Toluca, which was a good result. But then to lose at home 3-1, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, losing at home to Cruz Azul was bad, just pretty bad. Um, so... Up next, they have Necaxa, who, you know, lucky for them, Necaxa has been a bit worse because Necaxa tied, tied, tied their first, uh, tied Veracruz in match day one at home, and then they lost to Cholos 1-0. So they haven't been able to score in league. They did score in Copa MX 5-0. They put the herd on Zacatepec. So... That's going to be a pretty good game. Uh, Necaxa hosting Chivas. It's, it's, you know, both teams hurting for points and to improve. So, I mean, for Chivas, it's tough if they lose because then, then they have to receive Monterrey. So if, if now, let me know, ask you this, Joel. ¿Qué pasó? So you said that you're, you're are, are you happy? Are you happy that your predictions have come true? Or does it come with a heavy heart? Yes. No, well, happy that I'm, I'm able to do this and be pretty, pretty, uh, fairly accurate, I'll say. Uh, but it sucks to see the team struggle. And, and, cause I expected better for them this, this season, but after the preseason and some of the other, other hijinks, I, I, it's not looking so good. I, I would, if I'm Almeida, I'll put all my marvels for the, for the CONCACAF Champions Cup. 
Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that and, and Chivas' struggles, as we always do on the Gatina MX. Out of touch, you know, a good, a good, solid 10 minutes on Chivas, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> but before we do, we also want to mention that Seattle joins us from Escondido, California. Daniel, sir. Good evening, John. Good evening, everyone. Happy to be here as always. Um, sorry to see my team uh, relinquish their, their, their stronghold on, on first place. That's right. That's right. They, Shocking. Uh, they, they, they gave us a house, and your, uh, your, your man from the Cape Verde Islands is really starting to come on strong. He's having a, a very good start to the season. Yes, he is. He's... Um, yeah, no, he's having he's having a great start. Um, <clears throat> I kind of felt they were going to lose just because they made so much of the of 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 the fact that that Santos hadn't lost in such a long time to to Tigres. I guess the, I guess uh, that was the one team that Tigres, Tigres had uh, yet to to scalp. But um, so yeah, I guess uh, that um, all streaks uh, came, came to come to an end, and uh, good on them. They won. They did. Uh, they got uh, a goal, uh, kind of a lucky goal from uh, from our good friend Mr. Gignac, who is now the uh, the second most uh, famous Frenchman, apparently, who's now playing in Liga MX with uh, with America signing of a of a Frenchman of their own. And uh, but you know, I think Santos is uh, the, you know they'll be uh, they'll be doing just fine for for this season. I looked at their uh, at their coefficient in the. Tabla de Descenso, and uh, it, it, it's not as bad as it could be. I think that, you know, if they get a, a, a 20 to 25 point season, they should be in excellent shape moving forward, uh, not just this season, but the next. So, uh, yeah, let's hope uh, that, let's, yeah, let's hope they, they, they take care of business. Uh, we'll get another, another tough match against Morelia. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess it's the, the main event, um, <laughs> the main event for Sunday, obviously, because uh, the, the, right. the America, the America Pumas is um, the, the teaser. Right? Yeah. Who, yeah. Who wants to? Who wants to sit through America? America Pumas when they can catch Morelia, Morelia Santos. Yes, uh, the Saints versus the Butterflies. I mean, and seriously, and who also wants to watch you know NFL football when they can when they can watch a quality, a quality, a quality, quality Mexican soccer like like like. Uh, you know, and people, you know, we're we're kind of being facetious, but Morelia is actually a really decent team. Well, no, I, I meant and, that yeah. it was going to be a tough match, but but yeah. yeah, it's not really a it's not a sexy match, I guess, for, for the for the for the neutral. Now, since we're we're talking about our, our the our, the teams of our love, it is it is with with great pleasure that 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 I was able to uh, watch the, uh, the, the the Pumas game. Uh, I was actually on an airplane. Uh, traveling back from the frigid, frigid northeast, back to our Texas, and I was able to watch all but about like twenty minutes of the of the Pumas Atlas game. I saw everything I needed to see, and uh, but, you know, once again, uh, Nico Castillo, uh, in my opinion, uh, is is the foreign <laughs> player that means the absolute most to his team. I don't think that there's any foreign player. That means more to their team than Nico Castillo because the minute he gets hurt and doesn't play for for Pumas, they go they go in the tank. And since he's been playing, 
He's scored four. He's, he's the leading scorer in the league right now. He has four goals in two games. They've scored six goals total. They, they have six points. They didn't get the six points in the last tournament until like week 13. So this is just a, you know, a huge, huge uh, lift for Pumas. And I think that, uh, that David Patino is, uh, is definitely on the right track. And I'm really, really excited and looking forward to seeing how this season plays out. As long as everybody stays healthy. Because as soon as uh, we start, uh, you know, if we, we go down that path with the injuries, who knows what's going to happen. But, but you, but Tomas, you guys are meeting yes, America next? Yes, uh, America oh, will be in Seu. It's, it's, it's this, uh, this Sunday. It's the, uh, and then the former teammates, right? Patino and Piojo? Yeah, they were former national teams. And they were both, uh, <laughs> yeah. they both were nice. spurned from playing on, on the 1994 World Cup. Did, uh, did Patino at least make it to the Pan, Panini book? You know, I don't think so because he got injured, so he uh, uh, didn't get a chance to to make the Panini book because uh, you know, and he was, you know, and I've told you guys before, you know, for those of you that don't that didn't follow the team back then, I, I, he was the the driving force of of the he, was, he and Garcia Aspe, both of them, just ran that team. I mean, he was the he was the conductor. He 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 made everything happen. He had a great Copa America. Uh, the, the first Copa America that Mexico played, he uh, had a terrific tournament there. There would be that he was going to be included in the, in the final 23, but uh, an injury, unfortunately for him, uh, saddled his hopes. And uh, for Piojo, it turned out that it was his his hot head. And uh, Mejia, I don't think, and I can't imagine a guy, you know, trying to headbutt Carl Heinz Forster. You know, and, and getting a, red, a ridiculous red card in the World Cup, so I can't take it. Yeah, former teammates. Fiojo <clears throat> has never lost the Pumas. I really do think the Pumas have a good chances to, to win this game. And America does not like to play in Seoul, so hopefully, hopefully it'll work out for, for Pumas. So match of the week then, John? Are we looking at? Well, it's always the – whoever Pumas plays is always going to be the match. <laughs> no, you're right. It is the match of the week. It's, uh, you know, a lot of America fans, and I wish we had Ron all on here, but I, I, I do know that a lot of America fans uh, do believe that the, that the rivalry with Pumas is, is as intense, even more intense than the one that they have with uh, Guadalajara. I think just because of the fact that the stadiums are, what, five minutes apart in, uh, in, in, in yeah, the Southern Yeah, cross, cross-town rivalry, and they not even. It's bigger like cross-street rivalry. Right. Yeah, it's, it's it's across the street, right? Certainly, they are. I mean, they're, they're not they're not far. Via Guapa and are very close to each other. It's just it's just it's just not that uh, big big of a distance to drive between stadiums. So uh, you know, it's uh, and, and Pumas. You know, I mean, if Pumas can get a, can get the one point or the three points again, you know, every point right now for Pumas there is worth its weight in platinum at this point. So if they're able to eke out some wins against the bigger teams, even better. Well, Veracruz hasn't been doing too good, John. They're at the bottom. I'm not they worried have... about this year, Joel. It's next oh, year. Okay, next, next year. Yeah, next year's. They're, they're we're, we're already. Well, then Lobos Buap, I mean, I, I don't know how they've done so far. but I'll tell you, Lobos Buap, probably... in my personal opinion, are going to get Veracruz a run for it. Yeah, but only fortunately for them, they don't have money. You know, that's what it well, comes down the to. The thing is, is that they made 23 points uh, in, in the last uh, tournament, which is great. But, you know, they have to, 
you know, they have to make at least at least 14 points just to stay at, at, at one point, at one point in the, in the coefficient because they have to have 34, right? I don't know if they're going to make 14 points. If they don't make 14 points, then they're going to, they're going to, they're going to miss it. They, 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 regardless of what happens to the Veracruz, they will do it. Hey, on this, so on 14 this points for them is magic. On this Pumas America yes, match. Uh, this is a big one because America has been the poppy for the past few games, man. They've had the they've had the number for the gatitos. So hopefully, uh, they have been on the last two or three. Uh, I know the Azteca twenty fifteen, I think it was. So I mean, it wasn't like you know, terribly. It, it can happen, and it will happen. It will happen, Chief. Yeah, I'm having, I have confidence that this will be the one. This will be. A... Um, I'm glad that we have our our, our full complement of folks that join us tonight. And, uh, I'm not in front of my computer right now, so I'm not sure what's going on in the chat. Please feel free to. Uh, oh. But I, I would like to, would like to uh, open up uh, this uh, question to Tim now. A big signing. The D guy Mackey's this week. Now, Landon Donovan was coerced out of retirement by the Martinez family to uh, come and play in Leon. Uh, he's not the first American that's played in Leon. Ball had a, had a turn in Leon. Eric, uh, when all the current uh, USSF uh, presidential hopeful, Eric Winalda, played in Leon. And now Landon Donovan, who, uh, in my humble opinion, and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, the, the great soccer expert, but, but I, I, I don't think I would, I would hesitate to say that Landon Donovan is the greatest U.S. player in history. He's now going to be at the age of 36, probably in about a month's time, going to be making his debut down at Leon. And uh, I personally think it, it, it's a good signing, not a great signing, I think it's a good signing. I would, I would have loved to have seen this happen 10 years ago. Donovan was more and more at the peak of his powers. I think it, I think it was a lot closer than a lot of us realize him signing with America. I think that that, that would have been a, it would have been a slam dunk uh, higher uh, action on both parts. And I think that he's going to help Leon. I mean, I think that, 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 that he's kind of like Lafayette in the sense that he's kind of ageless. And I think that he could, then, you know, the pace of play is a little slower in Liga Mekis than than it is in MLS, and I think that he'll fit in just fine. I think he'll be a, a terrific center. And, and there's some talented players around him, like Montes and and Boselli. If you could connect with those guys, they, they could, you know, pretty dangerous group right there. I mean, and your couple and this was uh, having a terrific season, continuing to have a you know, to the point where he might be playing himself onto the uh, onto the World Cup squad. And a lot of resistance uh, uh, that that has met this uh, this news. Um, uh, Antonio Carvajal, the uh, the record-setting uh, goalkeeper from Mexico that played in five World Cups, played for Leon back in the day, said it was uh, it was a. You broke up a little bit, John. What, what did he call him? Oh, he said it was that. That went. 
O sinvergüenza.
<laughs> something players. And I remember Televisa showing the footage. <laughs> and then I remember, you remember how they did the Colección Privada that they used to do on, uh, on their Televisa Deportes segment? So they would show that all these Mexican dudes doing the same thing. So was it really yeah. that big a deal? <laughs> no, no. But, but I mean, it served this purpose at the time for the rivalry. Like, like sure. to hype up the match. Like, look, look, look how disrespectful he is, you know? Um, but, but gentlemen, there's, there's something that we haven't been mentioning. Uh, and that's, that's that Leon might move out from, they might go to, uh, they might even go to Irapuato because they're having problems with, they don't own the stadium. The stadium is owned by the, um, Help me here, Jan. Municipio? Yeah, in Municipio. Yeah, the municipality. The, the... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they're thinking about going to Aguascalientes or Irapuato. And, and <clears throat> I, I think one of, the, one of the reasons they brought him in was just, just to bring in more, more media attention to the team. And, uh, you know, it, it's even well, something I, mean, I have heard. Leon's stadium is atrocious. I don't think anybody denies that. Uh, hey, we got a, uh, I uh, mean, a phone caller in t- whenever you guys get a break. We have a phone call. Somebody has... has, has, yeah, I, think, has I think Ivan has is... On, on the I phone. think it's Caballero Aguila. Too. He wanted to defend, to defend Aguilas in the upcoming... Rivalry match. Oh. You there, man? We have to... Is that you, you Ivan? Yes, how are we? Oh, good. What's your uh, What's your question or rant or whatever? Can you guys make out the question, man? I can't hear him at all. Yeah. I, I'm having trouble hearing him. Uh-huh. Sorry, Yvonne, we're having technical difficulties. Uh, maybe you can uh, post the question on the chat. Or, uh, or try, try, it, try, try it again. Gentlemen, can you hear me? Much better. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, like I was mentioning, um, a very, uh, very close rivalry, and I think that uh, that has to play a lot with it. Um, uh, you guys mentioned that I hope for this one to be so much matched. Um, it's, it's, it's looking like it could be that way. Uh, I was so I'm stuck. 
And Americans are going to have a big, uh, a big loss. So, like, so are you saying that America is going to lose? Absolutely. Are you predicting that America loss? Am I? I'm sorry, what? Are you predicting an America loss? That's what it sounds like to me. I'm not, I'm not predicting an America loss. I'm, oh, I, I'm I think you are. I think you are. a tough matchup. Uh, if we walk away out of the show with, with a draw. A draw would probably be the most uh, likely uh, likely result. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Aguilar, since uh, you're on the line. Uh, there was a very good chance 10 years ago that Landon Donovan was going to sign with America. And in fact, it went like, it got to like, you know, contract negotiation time. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was closer than any of us thought. How would you have felt 10 years ago when Landon was at the peak of his powers to have a guy like that play for blue America? Uh, to be honest, I do. I remember that clearly. Uh, the rumors were, were, were spicing around that, uh, that Don Landon was on his way to Guapa. Um, to be honest, I was, uh, I was actually hoping that it was actually true. Um, he was, at that time, if not the best American player at the moment. Um, it didn't absolutely make that because at that point, America really did it's someone that could be creative, someone that uh, kind of carry the team on his shoulders and you know, he was uh, Mr. America and you know, uh, growing up in the East, he's kind of just, you know, and he's such a great player. He's such a great player. He's such a great player. So it was exciting to see a bit of a time to look at him. Hey, uh, thanks for the call, man. We really appreciate it. Appreciate your comments, and uh, please uh, continue listening to the show. We appreciate you calling in. Thanks, thanks a lot. I did, thank you. How to be yeah. part of the uh, family? Thank you. Well, we, we we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Now uh, he has a uh, our friend has a very good point that uh, you know at that time, the Mercuatemoc had left to go to Chicago Fire. Almost left with the, you know, with the, with the championship, but but Pachuca ended up taking it from him. And in the dark times of America, with uh, with Michel Bauer, who uh, who had actually put on his on the on his website page on the, on the club's official page that his qualification for being the president he had passed <laughs> the Johan Cruyff Institute class. That's that's who was leading America at that time. So you know, had had he uh, landed Donovan, it probably would have been the winner. Would have been the winner. And John, they used yeah. that joke at Club de Cuervos. Yes, they did. <laughs> they did. They did. They did use that joke. I'm sure. I'm sure he's not the only one. But uh, so 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 Leon, uh, as you said, Joel, they're they're having stadium issues. I know that uh, that they're looking at possibly build it into semi. I mean, Leon Stadium 
hasn't really changed all that much since they played the 1970 World Cup. There. Leon Stadium was a stadium that saw England go up 2-0 on the Germans, only to have the Germans beat them 3-2 in the 1970. Probably the most famous game ever played in Leon was, well, easily the most famous game ever played in Leon was that. So, yeah, so that's the uh, Leon... I don't necessarily think that they'll move Poel, but I think that they are going to definitely leverage uh, moving to, to get to get a new stadium. Which, which frankly, and I think we're going to start seeing this not just at Leon, but I think there's going to be other teams that are going to start making noises about getting because Cruz Azul is going to be getting a new stadium. I fully expect Diegues to be getting a new stadium. Yeah, but see, they have they had a ten year contract with the um, I don't even know how to say it. Municipio, yeah. Um, what is it in English? Municipio. It's a municipality, the city of. It's like the like the city of Leon, like the city of Los Angeles. You know, yes. The city of Leon. Yes, and the city's fighting it. So I guess I don't know if they want more money, but you know, if they don't come to an agreement, Leon is just gonna pack their bags and leave. You know, before uh, Mexico uh, in the hex, uh, uh, I thought that the, like the worst thing they could do was to play games with the Azteca because of how bad it went in the, in the twenty in the twenty thirteen hex. It's like, man, you know, go go play places like Leon. You know, go play in in, the, in, in Monterrey. You know, places where the fans will actually cheer for you. And, yeah. And this one guy just kept telling me, dude, you don't you don't want any part of Leon. It is a terrible stadium. It's the worst. You know, it just went on and on and on. I was just thinking. Dude, I could care yeah. less about the, you know, the actual but did, stadium. But, you know, this guy could, could boost up attendance and and just, like, ratings. And that's, you know, the city would, would be the one missing out if if they lose the first division team. They, had yeah, they, will, likely, they will likely not get another one for They had American flags away time. from the stadium, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to bring a lot, of, a lot of guys, a lot of people over. Well, That's what he's going to do is he's going to bring a lot of a lot of eyeballs to Liga Mekis that, frankly, you know, if if they have any kind of interest in it, has always been a, a more of a of a you know uh, an occasional curiosity. You know, you know, now Liga Mekis games are going to, you know, and Leon plays. You know, they have one of the one of the better schedules. They play Saturday nights either at seven or eight. I forget what it is, and I guarantee you. Now, is Leon are, are they the only ones that are being shown by Telemundo, or, or do you know all the all the are all the teams now on Univision Deportes Network, or Univision rather with the, on the family networks? Well, I, I think that uh, well, whatever the case may be, I'm pretty positive that uh, that's going to be getting, uh, especially when he starts playing, is going to be getting the you know either the uh, on on, on Univision proper. Or on Univision Deportes, whichever one is going to get a more eyeballs. It's it, it is definitely going to uh, going to help in that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even talking about like the the U.S. Uh, marketing and the coverage because that there's been complaints about how Leon is handled. They don't have like an English section to their website, or they don't have an English all the stuff and all the complaints about Leon is handling it and marketing it. It's basically, that they're failing at it. I'm talking about in Mexico. What are they, they're probably doing some type of stuff next week. Have all these dudes wait, uh, waiting for flags um, just to come to see the Dos Acero dude. And I think because he denied that the 20 was Dos Acero related, but I think he should like play that up a little bit 
I mean, still be respectful, like his speeches on being respectful to Mexico and being like foolish back in the day when he was dissing Mexico. I think that's good, but uh, get the Mexican interests that are in Mexico, not necessarily the the Americans that are here that always want to see his land and play, and then they turn to into Spanish stations that they don't even understand and just watch it. I think I think in Mexico there's there's a lot of interest in in Leon that might show up to the stadium and increase in attendance. It'll probably happen. Well, the attendance is actually uh, at least over the past couple of years has actually been going up in uh, Liga MX. Uh, you know, so that's uh, I mean, I, I, even in the Pumas game, uh, Chiquis, I don't know if you got to watch it. I'm sure you did. It's part of it. I mean, that stadium looked what looked. Per- I mean, I know that there are sections they just are not gonna are not gonna fill, but for the the, the parts that were open, I mean, there wasn't a there wasn't an empty seat in the house. I mean, it was it was as full as that stadium was gonna get for an Atlas game. Obviously, with the game coming up this weekend, they've opened up. You know, they'll open up all the sections of the stadium. And they'll have their sixty-five to seventy thousand people in the so, but you're right though, Chief. I mean, it's uh, you know, and I think that that goes along with uh, uh, you know, an, an, another topic that uh, that that Joel wanted to touch on is the uh, the, the the globalization of of, of, of Liga and Mekis. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Joel. Yeah, sir. I was reading about you know th- different com- comments about how the league is. Is messing up by not by not having a English and you know just not having the web page or Twitter accounts. But but the thing is that it's not like they don't care, you know. They've done studies. Uh, they've done studies about how how to globalize the league, so they already know what to expect. They know what their returns will be. So if they're not doing it, it's for a reason. And uh, I said probably like the best example I could give is if if you go to the Univision streams on uh, on Facebook when they do the English language commentary, you go on the live chat and it's all Spanish. Everyone everyone watching is that's participating is talking in Spanish. I uh, I did not realize that. Yeah, so I mean, they know that they're they're not bound to get that that many more viewers if they were to provide content. They they already you know they they pay I forgot what company they pay to to do these studies on. And, and the guy that was talking about this was Luis Miguel Salvador. He was the GM of Monterrey. Luis he was actually yeah he got fired soon after. So I don't know if it was because of that. You know, he was spilling the beans in a. Luis, me, in my opinion, is the worst national league, <laughs> uh, national team player ever. <laughs> a, cl- a close second is, is Memo Cantu, but uh, that, that's a different topic. But what about uh, um, Rodrigo Lara, man? Well, he had, he had one mess up. There's, there's, there's a big one. There's no question. <laughs> but I mean, but I, I, at least you know he. I don't know, I mean, I, 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 at least he, you know, at least his, I don't know, just. <clears throat> but, anyway. but going, yeah, going back to, to leave me, he, he was saying it in an interview. He was basically talking about, he was talking about the 10-9 rule 
and on the major reason why they did it. And it was because of that. He said that, you know, the studies I had seen for said that they needed more, they needed more players from, more international players. And, and that's something that the Monterrey teams are still pushing for. They want, they want no restrictions now. Well, I mean, they practically have no restrictions. I mean, they, 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 they can feel the team with foreigners easily. Yeah, but, but they say you need like eight, eight nationals on the on the roster. They they just, they want like... Yeah, but that's they, just on the want, roster. You know, yeah. Well, they're still pushing to change that. Uh, and so he was, he was very telling that interview. Uh, you guys should probably be able to find it. Um, well, you know, I think a lot of that, though, is, is kind of self-inflicted, too, though, because, you know, you know, for years, I mean, I've always thought that Liga Mekis, you know, the, the only, another thing, you know, the, the, they'll play their games or they'll have their games on TV in Central America. Occasionally, they'll have them on in South America, you know, not, not, you know, with any certainty. And of course, they have them on here in the U.S. And you know, the, it does very well here in the U.S. And that's it. <clears throat> so they've, they've never, they've never really wandered beyond their own neighborhood. Yeah. Not that they've ever, but but they've never really had a reason to. I mean, how many times do you hear, uh, you know, you know, you read an article for you know, written written by an Englishman, you know, saying, oh, and you know, this guy played in. He played for you know Chivas in in, in the South American League in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? No, and John, we we talked about this before. You know, in order to be more global, the league is going to have to restructure the way they have their television contracts. And and of even course. now, and even now, it's not what we like to think. Chivas recently tried to get more money because that's what they had valued themselves. Someone and they weren't able to do it. They ended you're up you're talking like a communist, Jolie. What yeah. is this? Uh, okay. Carmelo Tower. Uh, one for all, all for one. Hey, you know, hey. It sounds like it sounds like And um, but you know, she was ended up not getting the like the contract they they thought they were gonna get. And then you had like like Lobos War, for example. It's been about what two months without any well, television deal. You know that that's what we. Uh, I know that we, we've talked about a whole in the past. That uh, you know, in order for for promotion to be that big deal where they get that big contract, it, 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 is that they do have to aggregate. I mean, that that's one of the reasons why the NFL has been uh, so successful and so and so popular for as long as it has, and and, and why so many you know why. You know, if the NFL was was set up in a structure like 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 a like a soccer league or even a regular sports league in the U.S., then it would be the same four teams playing every year for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, there's a team like New England that's been there forever, but that's one of the. But I mean, the, the the same four teams that are playing this time are not the same four teams that were in it last last year or the year before that or the year before that. A certain amount of parity that that, that that comes to having. A television contract like that, where every team gets its own fair share. Now, I know that in Spain they had a TV contract that was league wide, 
Olympian and Barcelona split 60% of it, and then the, the other 16 teams got 40%. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's at least like that, that's going to be needed and, and, and also to get back into Libertadores. Hey, well, but yeah, why, should, uh, why should a team with a smaller fan base? Uh, I mean, just to argue the other side. I don't know if you guys argued it. Smaller fan base uh, uh, get the same amount of money as far as uh, TV contracts are concerned. Why should they? Yeah. So, so that they can. Uh, well, I mean, let me put it this way: the team that has the biggest fan base can't sign any players right now because they have no money. Are you talking about Chivas? Yeah. Well, well, imagine uh, if there, if, if I, I mean, in the short term, if you do this type of uh, collective contract, it, it's going to hurt Chivas even more because they're they're going to get probably less money. You know, the first five, uh, you know, the first few years, maybe the first five years of of uh, of this. Well, contract. I, I I don't necessarily agree with you. There it depends on how the contract it, is structured. It, See, I personally, if I were negotiating a, a television contract for Liga Mekis. I would tell the teams, hey, I know that you guys have been playing at your own audio for whatever it is. You know, of course, a lot of them, I mean, outside of Tigres, Monterrey, and Pumas, everyone else has changed, and Cruz Azul, everyone else changes their audio all the time. So, but I, I personally would structure it to where I would have, I'd have two games on Friday. I would have, uh, so there's about nine games total, right? I would have either four or five games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. And I'd have a Monday night game. I think a Monday night game would be massive in Liga MX. Massive. It would be huge. And then I would rotate the teams that go in there. So, yeah, I, th- I think that the way that they structure a television deal, instead of each team, you know, you know, begging for scraps for their eight games a year at home, no. You know? It, you, it, you, you, it, you, I mean, what what would be the goal of, uh, of this setup? Is it just to... To increase the, the the TV contract money, I mean, just from a business owner's standpoint. Yeah, but not just TV, like, not, you know. not just TV, not just. But you also have, you know, you have the streaming service that that, 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 right. that you need to work out. So you have to have both. You have to have the international hey, portion of it. So Chivas, uh, the research. Uh, you could sell on the rights internationally. I, you know, I, I mean, look, I see it. I and I think in the long term. Uh, the Mexican Premier League, as far as I mean, as, as like the English Premier League, as far as money for the teams, but in the short term, you know, a team like Chivas that is struggling to, to sign players as it is, and and we really don't know about their finances, and and I mean, every it, it seems like every every time I talk to Jolie, he just paints a very grim picture of uh of how their finances are doing, and. And this is why they're having uh, the, these, these the fallout with players and mismanagement. But it's not it's, it's not just Chivas. I mean, as, as a fan, as a fan of that team, you know, regardless, obviously the ownership is you know. And you you admit to that? Team, you admit the you owner. admit to that? You admit to that being a fan of Chivas? I I mean I. I <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, I guess we're we're journalists, we're professionals, and we're impartial, right? No, no, I'm just but kidding. I mean, I'm just kidding. Know, of course, I know you admit to. No, but but just just real. Real quick, with with what's but, going but, on with hold Chivas, on, let me I, I just I, I think Chivas, like as it is, <clears throat> they're struggling, and and uh, you know, and that's that they recently uh, resigned with Televisa, so I don't know if if uh, if they the didn't resign, is... they they came, they begged Televisa to take them back. 
So uh, yeah, yeah, John, exactly. So so look <laughs> at it. They they went six months with their their Chivas TV. Um, not to turn this into a Chivas uh, podcast, but they went six months into a Chivas con- uh, into their Chivas TV. They 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 um, then they come out of it, and and now they're struggling financially. So, I mean, imagine if they gotta take like a smaller percentage of, of uh, their current TV contract. Just yeah, so they but, can it, share but it, it with it's them. not just the TV contract. I mean, there's a there's shirt sponsorships. I mean, there, there, there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah, stadium. I mean, stadium Chivas didn't have a shirt sponsor for a year and a half. Right, but I mean, they're they're doing that currently, right? They got the t- the shirt sponsors. They the stadium. They re- they named it uh, what the Acron. The rap artist, right? Acron. Acron. It sounds it's like a, a Decepticon. I thought it was a Decepticon. Hey, Juwan, but the so, whole the whole thing with with Chivas, it, it's just bad management, man. Because because when when they had like a proper uh, front office, they were bringing in all the top players. They, they had Carmona, they had Buffalo, they brought Conto Pineda. They, they were just bringing in. A lot of good players and in their prime. Uh, when when, when was this? Under the promotora? To... No, well, even the promotora, but but just after. I mean, I would just say after because no, but... I think promotora overpaid, and, and promotora was this whole thing I could get into. It was, it was like money laundering. Um, well, well, Joe. So basically, <laughs> I mean, we're admitting or we're we're speculating that it's bad management. So because. So imagine if you make their margin of error uh, of that much smaller because you're taking away, you know, let's say, I mean, what are they getting per per year no, now? Wait, what wait. 20, 20 million per year? No, but I mean, you bring it down to fifteen, like their their margin of error, like you know, the management is bad, and so you you know you take away, you know, what thirty percent of their budget per year. You know, for the next for the next five years until the until the the, the collective uh, TV contract uh, you know demands a higher premium. Unless I mean, you, do you, do you guys think uh, right away the the collective uh, TV contract is going to demand a higher premium? They could make more money if they if they um if there's more. Rights. I think in the long term in, in the long term it will. I think uh, Chivas in, in, in particular going to hurt them in, in the short term and I mean you know you, you might have I mean we've already had cases where they're getting close to Segunda and that's with the current under the current uh, rules or the biggest problem Chivas has right now is that there are too many egos involved with, well, with how, yeah. how the, how, with how the team is set up dude, and it's, hold on, it's hold on. frankly it's pathetic. Joel, it's pathetic. Hey, leave, let's leave Jolie out of this, dude. Why, why are you saying that? <laughs> why, are you, why are you attacking us, man? I'm not attacking you, you, but either of you. I just, I just think that. I mean, just the, the whole Alanis thing to me is just a just a perfect microcosm of of of, of, of the, just the idiotic pendejadas that that, that that drive business decisions in a place like Chivas, where you know the one guy's like, "Oh, he's not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to let me show him. This is what's going to happen with this guy." And then the, the player, oh, the player's not going to sign. We're going to, you know, of course, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo this week says, you know what, I may want out of Real Madrid. You know, that, that was the rumor. And, you know, and then, you know, you know and our, our, our good friend Martin de Palacios, if that was a Mexican player, they, they'd freeze him for six months because cause he, he dared make a comment like that. I mean, then that's just the reality. Oh, I mean, I know that is. people talk about the Pacto de Caballeros and all that. But to me, though, the biggest problem with the Pacto de Caballeros is, is the ridiculous pettiness 
and uh, vindictiveness that owners have when, when, when players have the nerve to say, you know, to, 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 to actually make it a, uh, a decision, not a decision, but, but make a request of, 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 of what they want to do with their future. And the owner's like, you don't tell me what you're going to do with your future. I tell you what you're going to, that's the part that I can't deal with. And in I mean, right I, now, it's just, it's just, it's just quintessential. I mean, they, they finally have it going good. They have good players. They have a good coach. But it's, it, but you know, but but someone has to take credit for it, right? And it's it's never that it's never that no one will ever take, you know, everyone has to take responsibility for 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 why they won, and it's never the person that did it. And 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 right now they're having just they're having a just a huge stupid fight over just the most petty inane bullshit things, and 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 then because of that, Chivas well, we're where they're going to go back to where they are where they've been for the past 30 years where they'll come up and win one title and then it'll be another 10 years before they win another one. Hey, and that's hey, just three hours. hey, John, I, I mean, I, I agree in spirit what you're, what you're, uh, everything you said, I agree in spirit. <clears throat> um, but I mean, just in general with, with this, with this TV contract, how about if they brought in like a collective TV contract, but then they also added like, um, like a salary cap, you know? I mean, just to throw that out but, there. But you, but you can have a, you can't have a salary cap with transfer fees. Why not? Unless, unless we put a cap on the transfer fee. No, I, I think a salary cap on the, on the, well, I mean, I guess, I guess you're, you're, are you thinking like, like the financial fair play rules? Well, what, I, what I'm saying is, I mean, I know that ML, you know, MLS and like in the leagues here have salary caps, but, but, you know, like in the NFL, a player doesn't go from one team to the other. And then that team pays the other team like 110 million dollars. It just it just doesn't work like that. So, well, I'm think, I'm so to like me, NBA, I think it's very hard NBA to have a salary. Type. Yeah, like but it's the same thing. Right, yeah, but 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 in but in soccer, it, it, it's a, it, the, everything is driven by transfer fees. So unless they put a cap on like, unless they say, well, you can't spend more than you know the transfer fee, the maximum transfer fee in Liga Mekis for any player is going to be 20 million dollars. Like like you. You no, know, in the past you had a uh, Televisa floating uh, Club America. You know, even though we have Ronnie come in and say, "Oh no, the, the each club had to manage their own finances and so on." Well, I guess they did at one point. Um, you, you know, just to kind of avoid a, 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 you know, okay, we're gonna have a collective uh, a TV contract, but then let's also have like uh, something to where where it's like a. a, a Fair playing ground where you don't have like a like a you know the FEMSA or you know these companies injecting uh, millions, uh, you know managing teams at a loss basically. Like I think uh, you know in the case of Tigres, are they really is that team uh, losing money every year? Are you know are the owners injecting money into it to bring in this star-studded uh, in these top players? Or are they making enough off their uh, their TV contract and their T-shirt sales and stadium sales? Where's that? Hey, we got a we got a caller, Eduardo. Yo, guys, what's up? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Oh, how you guys doing? What's up, dude? Uh, not much, guys. Not much. Uh, I was gonna talk about the fact of the caballeros. Uh, yeah, my comment is that this is it's ridiculous. You know, if the Mexican league expired. Um, it's inspiring or, you know, know, trying to become one of the top leagues in the world. You got to follow other models because no other league in the world has this. 
that we get. And then, you know, who have such power with like Televisa, it's, it's crazy. Uh, oh, and I have a question for you guys. Uh, what do you guys think about the, what do you, what do you call it? the apertura clausura format? Uh, personally, I don't, I find it kind of like, I don't know, boring. I don't know, it's weird. You want the long, you want the long seasons? Did you say boring or yeah. weird yeah. or both? I guess, I guess, you know what, I guess it's awkward only because, how am I going to put it? It's like every other day, it's like the playoffs and it's like, okay, champion, yay, woo. But I feel like if the Apertura Clausura, you have a, a champion like every half year, doesn't kind of that lose the championship instead of having like a longer title race. And then also, you know, it gives opportunity for the younger Mexicans and other, you know, players to develop in the marketing format. There's teams that are going to be like, oh, oh, well, we're going to throw away the season. You're not going to win, so might as well just develop. If if uh if our if our man Ronnie was on the phone, he'd uh he'd talk some money and green and business, I guess, to you as uh, as an answer. But he's not here. No, so. I would I, I, I would him, I would say the same thing too. Yeah. No, but I I agree on, with, with caller, man. I think long season format is is the way to go, man. I think the short season is makes for some mediocre teams end up going into the into the playoffs, and sometimes the better teams not not winning at all. And, and it, you know, it would show in Libertadores because you know the, the teams that we would send would, would be and, and they would never be able to win. And you look at some of the teams that won Libertadores, teams from Ecuador and Peru, and I'm like, come on, man. That would have been us if we would have been sending our top teams. And, and that's a big reason, you know, just even the scheduling of, of our league. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I don't know. I mean, but you can't just ignore the business aspect of it, though. I mean, the, the truth is that you have one person that may think it's boring. The truth is, I think most people find it extremely exciting. Um, the, um, and then, you know, if they could pull it off twice a year, then that's twice the amount of, of, of money they can, they, they can revenue from the Ligia. So from a business standpoint, it makes perfect sense. From a footballing standpoint, I mean, as a fan... You know, the pure side of, of me, you know, would like to have like one long season without a playoff and just have one outright champion. But I, I, I can't lie, though, that, that I do enjoy these Ligias. The, the excitement that, that, that comes from the games, it, you know, I, I can't help get wrapped up in, in the excitement of it all. So I think there's pros and cons. I don't necessarily think that it would. It, Playing a longer season would uh, would result in more Mexicans or more kids getting chances. Um, um, you know, even as is short season, it's not that hard. There's eight teams that qualify, so almost half the. It used to be ten. So th- that's what I'm saying. So, like, I mean, eight teams getting in. You know, you you can experiment. In, throughout the season, that, that's I think that's that's a misconception that they say that that, that you can't really play younger players. Sure, you can. You could. Tigres has shown that you could sleepwalk through half the season, if not more, squeak into the playoffs, and then and, and then walk away with a championship. That's what makes it or, or get to a man. final. 
No, I, I, I don't think I, I don't see how that makes it mediocre. Ultimately, they're they're the best team to begin with. They knew it, and they and they played, they they played um, they played according to the rules. If you don't have to go all out the entire season, because you may have you may be recovering, you may have other other priorities that that you that you want to send your best team to. Pace yourself throughout the season, then then I I don't see a problem with it. I think it's smart. I don't mind the first season. I would just prefer that the that the Ligia teams be limited to at most six teams. And what? What? I wouldn't mind seeing that. Wouldn't these teams play to what play? They play the game. They play to what they're presented. So if they're presented with a short season, Tigres is going to sleepwalk if they can through half the season Correct. and then win. If it's a long season, then they're going to you know, do what they need to do to win a long season. So I think exactly. all the results could be the same either way. <clears throat> but you, you still, I think the, the, the Liga adds value to the league. Still some form of a, a cup, a Liga type cup. In addition to the you know, the Correo MX uh, tournament. Isn't that what the MLS does? But uh, uh, where are you testing my MLS knowledge, dude? I, I went to every. No, I don't know. Because I, I, I heard they have like two year. different like competitions or something, or like a supporter shield or something. I don't. I'm not too. Well, sure. yeah, the, the supporter shield is is the trophy they give to the team that ends with the most points at the end of the regular season, and then they have their playoff. It, and MLS's playoff is weird because it it lasts like three months. It's just, it's just a bizarre format. And they, they they have playoffs, right? And uh, and then they also got a, a, a they have like the the U.S. Open Cup, which is uh, it's an open tournament to even uh, amateur teams, semi pro teams, like uh, Jolie's uh, Sunday pub public team. Uh, they I think they they beat Galaxy one year. Yeah, is that the Culeros, Jolie? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but I, I want to go back with the whole short season because it, it changes the culture, the way we, we see the football, uh, you know, even our expectations. So, so, I mean, and the one thing we see is, like, we don't even see that many coaches, you know, young coaches that they're going to get about a handful of games before they get back. And, and it, it's not so much just because it's short season, but it's because there's a playoff. And the playoff means that, you know, it's that bonus. TV money, so so that's that's what the teams care about, just to make the playoffs. And even as fans, if, if your team makes the playoffs, it's considered you had a good season. You know. Well, it is a good season. I mean, because, because be. at the end of the day, you, sure it is. I mean, if, if 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 the objective is to to win a championship, then you have to get to the playoffs. Yeah. How you get there is irrelevant. I know, but if you even if you look at yeah, it, yeah, but it's, it's from, the same thing that happens in Europe, dude. And I'm sorry, but okay. So you have a team that's going to win the championship, right? And then the next four, they they win up the next three, get the playoff of of playing in the Champions League next year, and then the next four beyond that, yeah, but they see, get the opportunity they, to play in the Europa League. But but does they have those tournaments, which we we could have something similar? We were in Libertadores, and, and we were in a Concacaf, you know, Champions Cup. Like, but that makes that makes winning the the league title that much more prestigious. 
I mean, I could agree that no, having I mean, two a year does water it down a bit. I, I can't argue that. But I'm just not sure I'd buy the, the, the notion that, that somehow things are going to be so much better um, for everyone involved, like for Mexican players and for Mexican football and for the quality of the game, if they just went to a long a long season minus, minus a, a playoff. I mean, I just... I, I don't I, I see don't how think, you can really quantify that. You know, I agree with Dano. I think if, if if all you do is change the the format from long to short, from short to long season, I don't think you'll see a big change as far as uh, you know the champion, the you know the league or the players. But maybe well, I mean, not they have playoffs. It's a little you bit more of long term planning. You, you have to get rid of the playoffs. Well, they're I mean, never going to get rid of the playoffs. Still do the liguilla. You could still do the liguilla. I think you would. Well, in the past, wasn't it a a, a liguilla like in the summer? No, it's no. They were just called the, 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 the liguilla started in the nineteen seventy. So none of us have not seen a league without a liguilla. None of so, us. Wait, 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 okay. What's the verano invierno tournaments then? Or am I? Well, that was that's just when it was the, long uh, season format. That's just the split seasons. Yeah, it was when it was long season, but they still had Liguilla. That was they, they. They still had one Liguilla, right? No, Verano and Infierno were just the first names they gave. The Apertura Clausura, yeah. Oh, so because they, they played the they played the Verano and the Invierno, and they played the Invierno and the Verano. That's what ended up happening. So they said, "Why don't we just call it Apertura Clausura?" Yeah, I think they should have stuck with Verano and Invierno because Apertura Clausura to me is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, which one's nah. which, dude? <laughs> what was that, John? Your your water burger reception is not working very well. Uh, don't most uh... you, you you know what though? It, it, if they want to go all the way, like if they have the balls, in, then they should just go straight up the the top, the bottom three descend. <laughs> you know, and and have a long season format so that you reward the teams that are consistent that you know the front offices that are planning their seasons at long term that's like that's probably the one the one change that i would probably implement into the league that if i could is is getting rid of the the percentage and just make it a straight like top two top three or even if it's just the one the one worst team in the league drops that's it man if you have a terrible season that's it this protection of the of the of the popular teams um yeah well, i mean I, I, now that now if i'm not mistaken hoel what, what aren't the short seasons isn't that a common practice in south america it is but they don't have playoffs that that's what I, you know without the playoffs every game is that much more important because there's no way you finish an eighth and then you still have a second chance to win the it's that important for who right for the teams wanting to be campeones. It's so, like, winning so at home, teams. all that. That's, that's why it's... No, if you look, look who's won the tournament, it's varied for them. Um, but, but that's why they're... I'm not, saying I'm not saying it's one team, but... but you look, look at their realistically, in any given, in any given what, season, though, how many teams really realistically have a chance of winning the actual championship, if that's what, the case? A few, man. You'll see. Um, but, but they're... Their games are that much more intense. Even even uh even a classical means that much more. 
losing a Clásico could be the difference between winning the, the league or not. You know, as, as opposed to with Liga MX, it's just, it's just the Clásico, you know. There's no added weight to it. So, yeah, the, That's not necessarily yeah. true. I mean, th- there could be playoff implications. I mean, they, a team could be on the verge of, of qualifying or not qualifying. And there well, is look, the look possibility at, that the, they meet in the playoffs. Look at the recent one, though. I mean, those right now, Pumas America, whoever loses, they could still recover and still make the playoffs. I don't know. I just think you, you paint this like this ultra rosy picture. Uh, but like I see the European model and as, and as, as successful <laughs> as it is, those top leagues are pretty anticlimactic when it comes to choosing a champion. I mean, it's, 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 it's a, what it's in some cases, it's a two dog, two dog race, two horse race, I should say. And, and in, and in other cases, it's a four team. If you're lucky, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe because I'm used to this, but I love the, the, the unpredictability of our league that we watch. The The fact that 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 any one of our teams has a legit chance of, of being champion at the end of it, I think it's cool. Does it yeah. does it reward the absolute best team? Maybe perhaps not, but I don't think it, 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 it demonstrates mediocrity. If, if, it, if that was the case, you wouldn't see teams routinely get to finals or, or, or make it far into into Libertadores if that was the case. I mean, it, it may be a factor, but it's not, I don't think, a determining factor as to why Mexican Mexican teams haven't been able to, to become champions. But, but but mediocre, I don't, it's it's competitive. Every team is really good. It, to, to me, I, I kind of, it kind of reminds me of, of, of the NFL, like we're every single player on the team is extremely talented and extremely good that, that, that every, anybody can beat anybody. Now I'm not saying the players in the Mexican league are extremely good, but they're all very good teams. It's not that they're, they're, they're a bunch of crappy teams. So, so they all kind of like, only, only when but heads, they're all very good. Only in CONCACAF, man. When was the last time, a top league went and I should league go to the last weekend where the title is still in doubt. How often does that happen? I don't know, man. I don't follow the other leagues. Okay, well, let me put it this way. It doesn't happen very often. League is going to be settled by, by mid-March at this point. Barcelona yeah. is going to win... Is gonna win La Liga. They're gonna they're gonna clinch mathematically by April. I, I've noticed a few years in La Liga that you know, it comes down to the wire a little bit. I mean, it, it makes the last maybe ten or eight games sort of interesting. Yeah, but but see, also we're, we're comparing that to Europe. It's, it's unfair because it's some of these teams. It's a handful of teams. That are you know like owned Very by oil sheep. Only places that, that they're they're owned by they're not even owned anymore. You know most of these teams are owned by people outside of the country now. Oligarchs. Yeah, I mean it's it's in those few teams it's like it's like billions of dollars in them. So it's, it's 
you know, it's way different than when it used to be, when it was like more leveled playing field and and teams actually had players from from their own city. I think you have to go back to around ninety nine to when uh, Manchester had a bunch of local local players. And then they were really good. Uh, another uh, someone on the chat brought up the uh, the reason why the MX teams don't do well in Libertadores is because of this short season and all that. I think that's what they said, but uh, I think I think the fact is that I don't see how you can say they've done they haven't been doing well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they've done as good as, as Liga MX teams can in, in South America, yeah, especially considering some of, some some of the some of the jobs they've gotten. Um, yeah. They've more than than been yeah, respected. We, we failed to win at our own, at home when it counted. Yeah, at, and, at our home it, we failed to win, man. What so, the hell does the Liga have to do with 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 Tigres folding at home? Well, sometimes sometimes the calendar, the calendar, and, and oh, come that. on, man. I I I mean that team yeah, was it, was set up was set was set up perfectly. No, they, they just was didn't perform. Much- there was the one criticism where the league wouldn't let Tigres postpone their Libertadores game, but they allowed Monterrey to to postpone the game so they could play a friendly. To uh, that's when they they do it at their stadium. I mean, and so we had that sometimes where, where you know, the games were just like. I think I think you I, I think you have a romantic sense of the game in your in your mind and and how you like it to be, but and and and, and not to say that 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 you're wrong. I mean, it, it's very good that way too. I just don't think that 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 changing these things that you're mentioning would be some like what, would what be is, some miraculous fix because when there was just one season, I don't think Mexico was doing anything not too much more or less than what it is now if anything i mean i think a lot of some would argue that the players are, are, are maybe better now but i mean who knows about that i think no, that just depends the on young, the young players is is something that has affected because they don't you know that the teams want to make liguilla and they'll leave they'll leave a lot of the youth they won't give them as much of a chance that's that's their main purpose. you know. That's, but you that's just finished. But, but I think you're contradicting yourself. You just finished saying that 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 that, that in other leagues, if, if every game matters, super important. Then what the hell are you going to let some kid play then? Hell no! If every game is that much more important, like as you just said it was, there's actually less of an incentive to take a chance on a kid. Well, because they they plan for the longer format. They they. They plan. I mean, not longer format. They plan for the. I don't think run. it necessarily so, so they, fits what what you so, just stated. They'll carry. They'll carry the. When you see the River Plate team that played Tigres in the final, a lot of those guys had been together for over three years, compared to a bunch of the Tigres. No, players. I, I think it, I think it's more five, of a byproduct. Like six, six months. I think these these kids playing in these other teams that you're mentioning is more of a byproduct of those, of those teams having to do that. <clears throat> As, as that's just part of their thing where they're producing players, so they have to give kids play, a chance to play. That's just what they do. We we, we kind of talked about this last week, where it's, it's like you know the Mexican league is brings players in; they don't develop them. 
Yeah, but I'm saying that that's a big reason because we'll have like if anything, the, 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 the need for the for the for the league to want to be global or to be um, the premier league of the Americas of bringing in at like the biggest talent. I mean, that's indicative of something that's not like the antithesis of of playing kids. <clears throat> I know, but look at what happens to all the talented youth from they win under 17, they do really good under 20 or even under 23. They they won't they come back and they don't get any playing time. And, and that's a big reason, you know. And mm-hmm. even the, the one kid they did with Chivas, he's 21, only has like six games. From from eighteen years old to twenty one, and you're still calling them a promesa. Something but again, you know that 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 well, I'm not, I don't think I'm I'm arguing whether it's it's effective or not or it's right or wrong. I, the objective of the league and of the teams is to make money. It's not to build a as best a, a, a national team as they can. That's not the objective of the league. The teams are there to make money. To run as businesses, that's that's the objective. Um, you know, they, they want to win. And but but how they win is, is up to them and, and for them it's clear that, that they, the best way to do that is, is to bring in big names as big names as they can and to and uh, you know and then with all these other things like the Ligia will bring in excitement, will bring in uh, viewership. That's the formula. Um, I, 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 I just, I just don't see how, how anything changes. I mean, like, unless, unless, unless somehow magically the, 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 the objective of the, uh, of like the, or the, I don't know what's the proper, the mission statement of the, of the league changes somehow, then, you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's, I think those are the reasons why, why, why you're seeing kids play is because that's what those teams need to do. Well, you could see how it changes because we, we're getting less and less local players now that are like at the top. So if we look at like the list of goleadores. Yeah, but like my point is who cares? Who, my point why? is who cares? I, I don't so dispute what you're saying. If you want the national team to, to do good, you're going to care because that means there's going to be less well, I know, but, to, but to that's my from. point though. But that, that, that's not, that doesn't have to do with the short season. It's got to do with these teams where, where their priorities are. Exactly, and it comes to getting to, to playoffs. That's, that's the priority. Let's make it to playoffs and we make the season. And, and then to make playoffs, then they, they go after like experienced players. So the, the young talent gets left out to dry. Slipped through the cracks. But the young talent has always been left out to dry. I mean, that, that hasn't changed. It can be more so. As much as before, because go back and to, when you would see, there'll be more Mexican players that stop cool scores or competing for that. You know, you have like Elias and Mosillo, you know, a couple others, not just one or two in the top 10. Yeah, but I think, Joel, I think those, I think this is, uh, like, say, they, take, for example, the U17 team. A lot of those players, like Villaluz, uh, I forget the other guys, Momia, for example, he was not back then, but. Fierro, they they got their chances to play. They just couldn't handle. I think a lot of these young players get the chance, but there's so much competition that they can't surpass it, and they don't deserve a starting. No, not they- all of them. Not all of them. I and mean, it's like if you get one game, and then another one, like well, even two the months pra- later, 
even in practice, like if they're evaluating, they're going against, they're competing against South Americans and, and all these other dudes. I don't think the coaches are looking at them and seeing them but, up to par. Yeah, and, that, and, and, that, and that came with the whole increasing of, of Florida. They went from three to five to unlimited. So we kind of pretty much killed that. Yes. I think, I think they need to step, they need to step up their skill if they're, or like John was saying, go to the MLS or, you know, do find some way to get a starting role on a team and beat out the South Americans and beat out all these foreigners coming in and, and get their, their starting position. Because even Fierro hasn't panned out fully. Uh, Google hasn't panned out. A lot of the players that are, that have, that are young haven't panned out. And the ones that have sort of do like Gio and uh, of course Vela does and, and all these other players, but it's very few of these youth that come out and, and are able to hang. No, but, but see, you can make some other guys were in Europe. Now, where, where Hoan is right is, um, is that in this case, quantity is more important than quality. And you can't have, I mean, in order for Mexico to be able to have this, this uh, structure that they want to have, one of the things that they have to that they have to be able to have is a lot of really good Mexican players, and the only way to do that is to have a lot of really good Mexican players. And that's just, you know, with with, 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 with how they want to do it, that's just not going to happen. And so these players are going to be needing to go play elsewhere, whether it's Costa Rica or or MLS, or you know, if they're maybe if they were had the the stones, they'd go down to, you know, play in the Colombian league or the Chilean league, et cetera. But the only way that the national team is going to improve is if there are more, is if there's a, a bigger batch of Mexican players to choose from. And with the way that the things are going right now in, in Liga Mekis and, and elsewhere, it's just, it, it, it's just not going to happen. There has to be an outlet for these guys. And, uh, I mean, you know, as far as like the, like the goal scorers, as Jose, I remember when I was doing a, a broadcast, I was writing for big soccer, if I was writing for the other things where I went back to look at, you know, who were the, uh, the top 10 goal scorers in the league for like the last, whatever seasons it was like 10, 15 seasons. And out of the, out of those seasons, I mean, it was rarely would would there be more than three Mexicans, excuse me, Mexican players in the top ten goal scorers. I mean, it, it, it just it just never happened. And I mean, the last Mexican goal scorer who led the league in scoring was Arca Reina in twenty eleven. It's been seven years. I th- I, I I would tend to blame the player, the Mexican player. Wait, Chiki, I'm gonna don't don't take longer to you know to develop or to flourish. I, I don't think Oliver Peralta, if he would have debuted now, he wouldn't have made it, man. He didn't hit it big. He was about twenty four. He, he would have he would have been running away and, and he got a sense man. What are you talking about? He he actually he didn't start playing till his till his mid twenties also. So I mean, that's pretty that's what typical. I'm saying. If, if he would have now. Now with with way more foreigners allowed, he wouldn't have had that chance. He wouldn't have That's had an the assumption. chance he ended up getting. 
That's an assumption. I, I, I mean, you don't know that to be true. I mean, there's still players that are that are managing to to play now. I think if you're good enough, you're going to play. If you're a player that needs minutes to to get better, then maybe the league MX is not going to be your league. I think I do find it interesting. Even if you, even if like John, John made the statement of rotting in Liga de Ascenso. I think if you're in Liga de Ascenso, if you're Momia or whoever, then then light it up, light up Liga de Ascenso. If you're really good, that's a that's a lesser league. Be be better than any other player, so that a a first team guy will want to will want to bring you up. A first team or a Liga MX team will want to bring you up. Jonathan Gonzalez did sort of you know, sort of that same thing. He's a Mexican American. He busted you know, off. I, I do find it interesting got- that Monterrey, the team that's been pushing for this unlimited amount of foreigners, you know, the two Mexican players that play for them are teenagers. <laughs> yeah, they're doing they, something they're- right. That's what I'm saying. Like, even though they're the ones pushing for this rule, they have no problem playing kids as long as they're they're good. So maybe what we're, maybe the, maybe the bigger underlying issue is lack of proper coaches in the in the youth in the youth ranks, where these kids aren't 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 making that next step. I don't know what the hell it is to be honest with you. I do think there is a a little bit of hype. The Mexican owners and coaches look at South American players, and you know they they praise them. They see Argentinians. Oh, he's Argentinian. He knows how to play, and we want him and stuff like that. And I think but, that, that that'll, that'll fade as these dudes come over and they and they and they're flops. And the press calls them out, and the fans call them out, like Cartucho Quemado and and all these other guys. And that, that'll sort of shift. I think that'll change. Yeah, but the thing is, Chiquis, is that South American players are given so much more rope for them to flop with than the Mexican player is. I know, and I think patience. I mean, the Mexican player has six games. Doesn't play well, and they get rid of him. The South American guys could be there for two and three and four years. I mean, look at Pumas. They had those Chilean guys. They were just just god awful. How long did they have those guys on that team? They were, they were hideous. And this is Pumas. You know, this is you know a team that you know historically is. Great. But they're cheap, though. They're cheap. I think. I think. I think that is true. But I think patience has got to wear thin. Eventually, they got to realize. Okay, we got Nico Castillo. That's a guy that's worth it. We got uh, who else? Some other dude, Menace. If he comes and does good, that's the guy we need. Or you know, you're right. But you know what? Out of like the what two hundred foreigners, only about sixty are really good. The rest aren't any better than what we could have at home. And that needs to come to the spotlight. That needs to be highlighted, and and people need to start recognizing that. There's some players that won't even play. They're just there. But that's the thing, Chiki, is that is that the foreign players are given so much more leeway when when they're bad than a Mexican player. And it's just, I mean, it's the same thing with coaches. How many young Mexican coaches that had very little experience were in were in the start of the of the apertura last year? There, there was there was Chiki, your Tocayo, Chiki's Garcia. There was Jaime Lozano. There was Paco Palencia. And there was another one. I forgot what the other one's name was. 
and they're all gone. I mean, and, and, and they were fired. They didn't even get a chance to finish the season. The lowest poor guy, he, uh, Rafa Puente Jr. He... And, he, and he'll be gone in a month if, if they don't win. We need, That's just the reality. We need Paco Palencia or somebody to write the, uh, the Liga MX memo. <laughs> like the Google memo, the Liga MX memo for equal opportunity. We should uh, probably wrap it up here with uh, with our, our customary deep dive into into, into Chivas. Uh, things are not going well for the for the sacred herd. In fact, over over the last, I think it's I saw thirty games out of the last thirty league games, Chivas has won seven of them. Oh, which is which is which is worse than even Pumas, and that's that's if 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 you're beating Pumas in any race right now to the bottom, that's bad because Pumas has been awful. Well, Chivas apparently has been awfuler, and. Uh, Alan Polido has not scored a goal since the final. I know he was hurt. I get that. <clears throat> and as we talked about earlier, you know, the, the management leaves Matias Alveda out there to twist in the wind. And frankly, he does not deserve that. Uh, you know, he deserve he deserves much better and the team deserves much better. Joel, what's it going to take for Chivas to turn things around? Oh, man, at this point, I think some of the some of their top players are going to just have to start playing better. Like Pulido's one of them, but there seems to be too many problems right now. You know, internal that we might not see that. It might have come crashing down, and maybe they might get sacked somewhere down the season. You know, but it's obvious he doesn't get along with Iguera. So that I think that that's kind of like splitting the team. Well, that is uh, very unfortunate. If, if if that is the case, because I do think he's a good coach. I was I've been I've been a little under the weather this past week, so I was I was lying in bed yesterday, and I was uh, I had my eyes closed. I think I was watching the Univision Deportes Network, and I heard this voice. I thought it was La Volpe. I was like, man, what is La Volpe doing talking? And I looked up, and it was Almeida. I mean, they sound they sounded in my state of delirium exactly alike. I was like, wow, it was it was very strange. But uh, one of the guys on on that show made, made a very good point. And, and they said, you know, give, give the guys some help. You know, give the guys somebody that knows what they're doing, and let them run the business side of dealing with the players, because the guys that they have just obviously don't know what they're doing. And, yeah. and again, they're letting this guy twist in the wind, and, and and he's too good a coach to put all this to put all this on the guy. Yeah, and I agree. Made him, they put him in charge of everything. Um, you know, they, they fired a bunch of people, and and they just said, "Oh, Almeida will do it." You know, it's like he's getting a crash course. And they did fire the GM that they had. They brought him just for a brief period of time. Um, Keep forgetting his name. He was at Querétaro. Um, but the, the only reason they brought him was because they were trying to land Lucet Beach. And, you know, Lucet didn't want to work with Vergara, so they ended up firing him. I, 
I remember the game. But the Villeros basically the GM, then he's he's new to football, you know. To his credit, he did help put together the team they won, but he lost his uh his allegiance with Grupo Pachuca. So a bunch of doors closed there. So yeah, but I don't think the team is that bad, but I do feel that they're going to struggle the rest of the season. But you're right, though. I mean, they're not a bad team. You know, you know, if Chivas was playing well, then those players would have a very good chance of making the <clears throat> World Cup roster. But unfortunately, yeah. they have there's a certain group of players right now for Chivas that have been in a slump and just, and, and, and I think as soon as they start playing better, then the team will start playing better. I'm thinking about Orbelin Pineda, who, you know, for, for past couple of years was terrific. Uh, hasn't really been the same since the gold cup. Yeah. You know, Pulido, know got, this had, to him, eh? Pulido had bad luck, you know, again, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a Moleto friendly, you know, hurting, uh, you know, of all things, his wrist. You know, which which is a you know, frankly, a, a bone that you don't necessarily need to play soccer and play soccer well. But still, I was I'm sorry, it was his elbow that that hurt himself. Where he hurt himself. He's from Monterrey, right? And uh, so I think as soon as soon as those players start playing, um, start, do they have a reputation a for being soft? I don't think so. No, the club. Okay. Because I, 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 my, my, my feelings on, on Norteños are just—they speak so harsh, like, so, like so hard. So, like, a toughness is—I, I, I couldn't just assume they're kind of tough. Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. So, I mean, Chivas has good bones. I think, I think it's only a matter. Of, I mean, I, I think that if if they can figure out a way to snap out of it by before the end of February. <clears throat> Then I think they'll be okay, but 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 if they don't, then yeah, uh, you know, at, at that point you might as well just go ahead and, and start selling off some of the pieces because that's going to be the only way that you can sell, well, you know. When, and that's what you know, John. All these teams bought players and got stronger. She was just sold players. They, they bought some young players, but they sold some of their more experienced players. How are the kids looking? And by the way. One of them hasn't even played. He hasn't even been in. His Neros just sent two under 20. Eesh. Yeah, so. Um, hey, I'm, I'm listening to. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, please. Go ahead. I was listening to uh, Matias Meda in an interview, and he's, he, he sounds salty, man, because he mentions that. Uh, other teams, uh, how, what do you say it? Se reforzaron. Reinforced. Yeah, they got reinforced. They got they got reinforcements. Uh, say for example, ten mil- They spent like thirty million, and another team spends one. Which you, you know, he's referring to Chivas. They didn't get anybody. <laughs> and he's just complaining about that man. Like it's it, that's that's the reason why they're. I mean, it's it's part of the reason why he's saying that they're in a in a bad spot right now. And that's pretty much blaming it on. Upper management, right? Part of yeah, they've been they've been playing hot potato for a while. 
Man, exactly. Yeah, man. It's, it's, I mean, it, we've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks. You know, it, it's so obvious that the that whatever it is, the lines of communication have broken down between Higuera, Vergara, and, and Almeida. They all have a different story with, 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 with what's going on. So, and, and again, you know, and, and it goes back to, to me, it, it always goes back to ego when it comes to stuff like this. It's like, you know, you know, they're in a, they're in a pissing contest to see, you know, who's, you know, quote unquote, really in charge here. And, and to me, it's like, is, is, is it worth throwing your, your you know, the, the, your team's potential away just to prove that you're right and to prove some stupid point? You know, to, to, you know, you know, just you know, to, just to show that hey, it turns out that yes, mine is bigger than yours. I mean, what is the point? And and that and that's what Chivas is in right now. And, and you know, ultimately, it's going to cost them the coach, and it's going to cost them, you know, t- you know, two or three really good players that, that they could have built. You know what what Hoed has always talked about. You know, you know, a, a five six year, you know, period of I mean, not necessarily winning championships, but but a, but a period of of playing for championships. And that's just not going to happen in, in, in the current in the current uh, circumstances that Chivas is in right now. So things uh, things don't look good for for Chivas Chivas fans at least uh, in the foreseeable future unless unless they can uh, like I said turn things around by by the end of February. If it, if it doesn't happen by then, then then it ain't going to happen. And uh, as Joel mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, it's time for Almeida to put all his marbles in the uh, in the Conca Champions. You, you know that that's a tournament the team hasn't won in since what nineteen fifty one. But most importantly, it, it would put him at the club's World Cup. Now, if it's been since nineteen fifty one, Joel, does that mean that, that that when they play the Conca Champions, Chivas can ask? Atlas's Barra Fifty One to come <laughs> and cheer no, for them. You know we don't need that bad mojo. But, but I mean, going, going to the FIFA Club World Cup, it, it it'll give them you know that vitrina the club needs, especially someone like Almeida. You know, when, he, he, he's not just Almeida. Think about all those players that would true, be a good vitrina. Yeah, and it's very unfortunate that the, the league decided to. To opt out of Libertadores because Chivas had just qualified to it. And that, was, that was very excite, and they they just swooped the rug from the, you know, took it away. Yeah, that was uh, unfortunate, and you know, I think ultimately that's something that Mexico is going to have to get back into. But I think that it's going to be, I think the only way that Mexico gets back into the Libertadores. Or a Libertadores like tournament is if it becomes a a Pan American tournament, which I think would be uh, personally outstanding. But the, the travel is going to be is going to be the really hard part. Do you think they might do it groups? I'm not sure how how, how I, I think it will happen, but the, I mean the, that's that, that's going to be one of those logistical things where you really have to where you really have to figure out how to how to how, how to make that work. I don't know if it would be groups, but but maybe you do like a, play games in the U.S. No, I mean I think that you could do like 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 a big group and say you're going to play 
you're going to play a home and away with teams in your confederation, but the team that isn't in your confederation, there's going to be, say, four of them, right? You're going to do two home and two away. So like a group of eight, where you play home and away with your teams and then just you know one home and one away with the other ones. To just to, just to, just to, to limit the travel, that, that that would be one way where it could work. But I do think that that's definitely on the on the on the horizon. Uh, there's going to be a, a, a call up coming up next week. Joel, I'm hearing I'm hearing that uh, that uh, Juan Carlos Osorio might be might be paying the iron price. That's oh, what the rumor. Do you mean? What? Yeah. I haven't heard those rumors, John. I'm hearing your, your boy. Sources are. I'm hearing your boy might get the uh, might get the nod. He did put a serious hurt on on Chivas over the weekend. Oh, he played he played well. He's, he's yeah he's he had uh, he got the penalty and then he got an assist. Um, a, an excellent assist. Yeah, Chiquis was just bad mouthing him, but he's he's still he's still playing, man. <laughs> I was so upset, man. I was watching that game and I was like, man, this thing this thing's boring, man. I was gonna lose and I changed it and then I was like, Oh gee. <laughs> that was a mistake. And no, the the one player I predicted to do well, um, was Henry Martin. And he's like two goals now. Yeah, he has two goals, and uh, I didn't realize that that uh, that Cruz Azul guy Baca is a Mexican. I had no idea. It just oh. goes to show you how out of touch I am with Cruz Azul because I just I, I look at their roster and it's like I have no idea who any of these guys are. But I guess his name is Rafael Baca. I had no idea that I thought he was like a Colombian or something. Because I just I, I guess it's just because I expected him to be a Colombian, you know, or 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 a Ecuadorian or Paraguayan or whatever it is. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that Martino got called up. Uh, and then another player I think that I can keep an eye on who's, who's starting to pull, uh, back and, and, and hopefully will start playing well. And I think we'll have a really interesting uh, possibilities of, of making some noise is, uh, is uh, Pablo Barrera for Pumas. Isn't he injured, John? No, he's back. He recovered. Well, yeah, he's. I mean, he's obviously not not the same player, but I mean, he you know he'd be a player that has uh, you know a you know a great amount of experience, and he can play both right footed or left footed. And uh, you know, uh, you know, a player that I thought might have might have a chance uh, has now gone on to uh, MLS. If uh, Juarez is uh, a former World Cup player who is now going to be playing for Vancouver Whitecaps. And, uh, you know, I fully expect uh, the Jonathan Gonzalez to be called up. I did notice also that uh, both Carlos Vela and Jonathan Dos Santos have been training uh, at, the, at the Centro de Alto Rendimiento and also doing a lot of beach stuff. Giovanni, on the other hand, has, is no, is, 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 has, has not been seen or heard from when it comes to that. I saw him at a tennis ad. Yeah, looked, I, I saw him. He looked really happy. I saw him. He looked really happy. Yeah. Is he having his, his Grand Slam breakfast? <laughs> I'll be happy too, John. 
that 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 uh, Vela and Jonathan dos Santos thing looked more like a uh, a PR stunt. But, <laughs> probably just show up for pictures. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I mean, maybe style training montage. Yeah, you put you put a song for like two minutes. Some 80s type song, and then they just did this some quick. But at least Jonathan was. And then tip top shape. Would would that be Rocky Four? Song worthy toy, yeah, like uh, Hearts on Fire or Rocky Three on the beach, yeah. like Jonathan on the beach. So I, I, I would probably fully expect those three guys to be called up as well. Um, the Dos Santos brothers and, and, and Bella, I will probably get get the call. And I think, I think you're right, Toy. I think that you know, Henry, Henry Martin, you know, the more he keeps scoring, and the you know, more. But, um, I, but John America seems they want they want a striker, so that might hurt his chances if they do bring someone. You know they're, they're going after some European player. That's true, but if he keeps America. scoring, though, it kind of forces the hand. Could yeah, it could. And I gotta I gotta admit, I, I, I he he he's a big dude, man. Like that side of him, you know, sounds pretty intriguing. He's a big dude, and he has shown that you know it's not he's not just a, a guy that uh, that Sierra La Pinza or you know he just you know is, is a poacher. I mean he he can score. You know he ha- he has all the tools to score from a, a, a nice range around the goal. So and he had been called up before. So I mean it's not like Osorio doesn't know who he is. And remember he did have a, a he did tear his ACL, so he. Uh, Let's come back from that. And, and Piojo, uh, to me, if, if Piojo has, uh, has has confidence in you, that, that to me says a lot. You know, he brought him over from Tijuana. And, you know, playing in America is, is no small thing. And, and and so far, he seems to be handling it pretty well. So, Joel, I'm uh, your, uh, your, once again, your, your talents as a soothsayer is, is, is pretty impressive. Thank you, sir. I don't always get them right. But... Well, what what did you say about Martin, Well, Joel, when, when, you're, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fully up on Martin still. I, I, I need to see more time. He hasn't convinced you yet, Chiquis? No. Well, you said you said cerrar la pinza, and that's I think his goal was pretty much that, wasn't it? The last this last game. Well, against Pachuca, yeah, the goal that he scored the week before against like, was Querétaro. Uh, yeah. He he trapped it. He uh, he trapped it and then volleyed it from outside the area into the net. Okay, not bad. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh, a very a very good goal for sure. So, yeah, and well, he also scored a couple of goals uh, in their preseason too. So so he's. You know, I mean, you know, again, uh, any 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 Mexican striker with a pulse that's scoring goals is going to go to Russia. I mean, that's just that's just the reality. Because our boy Chicharito's not scoring anything. Raúl Jiménez. Didn't he just say he's staying? Well, he's not. He's, he's not going to MLS. Was the update that I saw? Unless there's something has changed since. The tweet I saw was a Univision sort of uh, clickbait type of thing. <laughs> it was like, 
habría rechazado Chicharito ir al MLS. So it's like, oh, yeah. Habría. Yeah. The, uh, the rumor that I saw that he was going to go to Beshkitas over in Turkey that are playing in the Champions League, which I thought, oh, that's fantastic. In the Champions League, what a, you know, that'd be a good spot. Until I realized that the round of 16 opponent would be or is uh, Bayern Munich. So their, their, their <laughs> Champions League would be over in two games. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be an amistoso? Exactly. <laughs> and that's bad luck, Chicharro, man. Well, he's in Europe, so, so he should get the benefit of the doubt. So how funny, now they're saying that it's actually going to be Danny Welbeck that goes to uh, Besiktas instead of Chicharro. So he's being uh, blocked again by Danny Welbeck. That would be <laughs> That would That's be the guy that was... That they said it was going to be the United. next big thing, right? Right, at Manchester United. He was, and then they he sold was, him. Chich- he was Chicharito's uh, Boyan Kirkic. <laughs> oh, dang. They asked Osorio, uh, Monticante is uh, next in the call. Uh, all, about, uh, all about business, true or false? <laughs> they don't say his answer, though. Is Mexican what all about what? It's Mexican football all about all about money, all about the business. Oh, it is. All right, more it business. It is, man. The sport. We'll have to watch that. There's, uh, there's a lot of money in, in the whole player transfer. It's 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 been a that's a whole big business in the whole you know. And the more I've looked into it, it's, it's just crazy, the stories, um, you know, go, going way back from, from like, when you had, you even had, like, Colombian cartels and, and even, like, FARC sending Colombianos, you know, to, to wash money. Uh, and then even, like, the whole story with Mex Lube, how the whole Mex Lube came about from Pemex. And, and Martinez Garza, and and then it makes sense when, and then you could you could like Google that stuff, and you could see how, like Mar Garza and them got ousted from Mex Louvre because they were losing all this money, and and so Garza was the guy that when when he took control of Mex Louvre, he created Promotora and he he bought Chivas, and then they did the whole Super Chivas thing where they they spent all this money on players. So if you, if you see like all these other like uh, stuff that's happened with even um, Jorge Lancambu when he was at Monterrey and and it's, it's just crazy, man. It, it's crazy. That rabbit hole goes deep. Mexico, didn't they own Chivas at one point? Yeah, well, this is what happened was that Pemex, which is like it's owned by the so by the the country, government. right? Right. Yeah, by the government. So they did something where they were gonna let they, they like create like a subsidiary for the for the lubricants to be sold at the gas stations. And so it was just the whole way it went about was crooked and, and the dude the, the people that won the bid 
to to sell the the lubricant was Salvador Martinez Garza and and also the dudes from uh I used to own Peco They were all in it. They won. They had a mex lube and this dude that dude Martinez Garza created Promotora and he he rented out Chivas. He pretty much got them for ten years. By the hour? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it came tumbling down around 2001 when a lot of the stockholders were like ousting them. And, and they, you know, it, some of the stories I read, these guys had armed guards, so they, they didn't want to leave the office. I don't know what they were doing, but they, they weren't letting people go in. And that's around 01, 02, that's around the time Vergara came in and you pretty much got the club at a bargain price. So it's just crazy, like the whole and, and then before he lost the club they were just selling they were just selling all their players. Sold Ramon Ramirez to America, sold, you know, Travieso Guzman, Michel Espinosa. They're just getting rid of everyone. So but yeah, it's it's all the stories like you, you could hear going way back. It's just a bunch of crazy stuff that was going on. So I'm surprised that the league didn't like crumble. You know, they managed to get rid of a lot of that stuff. I don't think it's completely gone, but it kind of did. Oof. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think this is a, a good, a good, as good a spot as any to go ahead and. Uh, and end our little podcast tonight. Uh, a very interesting, entertaining, and informative show, I thought, for for all of our, our listeners. Uh, yeah. We had some uh, phone participation, which uh, I appreciate. Uh, thanks to the folks that uh, that called in. Thanks to the folks that asked questions on the chat. And uh, uh, thanks to you, Joel, for joining us. Anytime, John. And uh, want to thank uh, Juan Uribe. I didn't get to introduce uh, when he joined us. He always comes in, and then he comes in guns hot. Juan does. He <laughs> he, uh, he definitely uh, rocks out with his. Uh, well, I'll finish that phrase when 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 he joins the show. So we uh, we do appreciate Juan for coming on, and Profe. You know, he got mad at us for calling him Profe Camberraya, so I, 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 I've decided not not to call him that Camberrayas anymore because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to incur the wrath of a, of a Profe. But we do thank him for coming on, and uh, uh, Chiquis, thanks again for for hopping on and setting all this up for us as always. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Tom Marshall for for tweeting us out. We got a little bit of activity there. Oh well, thanks for. Well, and Tom also Marshall. Ivan, Ivan that came on, I think he has his very own the podcast. Eagle, the Eagle Podcast, yeah, I gotta check that one out. The Eagle Podcast, it's an America podcast. Yeah. In, in English, yeah. I'd rather stick a knitting needle in my ear than I have to listen to anything else. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course, uh, we appreciate uh, any and all uh, uh, comments from from folks and. Uh, and and uh, and our and our podcast brethren that join us, I'll hopefully be seeing Tom in a couple of weeks. Uh, he made a just a 
uh, he couldn't have made a, I don't want to say a bad decision because I don't want to upset the people, the good people of San Antonio. But but the barbecue choice that he made when he was in San Antonio last time was, uh, it was like it was like it was like when what, what what's the what's the man where 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 Kirk does the face palm and Worf does the face palm right behind him. I mean I mean it was it was bad. So I'm I'm going to try and convince Tom to uh, go for a little a little drive a little trek. Uh, just outside of San Antonio, actually, right by where you live, he's in Luling, uh, City Market, uh, the the best barbecue in Texas, I think. Are you gonna, you gonna try to take him there? Yeah, absolutely. It's only an hour from San Antonio. It's not that bad. Uh, it's uh, yeah. so uh, yeah. I'm, hopefully, uh, I'm gonna be in town also. So, well, are you are you gonna go? I didn't think you were gonna be able to make it. I, I was gonna be on a trip, but that got a change. So. Uh, well, there you go. Well, uh, well, there you have it. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll be doing that. Uh, we we'll want to thank uh, uh, Daniel Preciado. Daniel, thank you very much for joining us. Fun as always. May Thanks your uh, may your Guerreros uh, play with a clear mind and a full heart this weekend. Let's hope. Yeah. Those against, butterflies don't stand those, a chance. Those pesky little butterflies. Those pesky and, uh, little butterflies. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess. Before I let you go, Dan, uh, uh, Pumas America. What you got? I'm gonna ride the hot hand, man. I'm going with Pumas. If I had my little soundboard, I, I would play the, the the Pumas. My my Pumas. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't have it with me, Almira. So uh, we're uh, technologically strapped. So you go with Pumas, Chiquis, Pumas, Pumas from America. What you got? Yeah, I want to say Pumas because Castillo seems like he's really dedicated to getting this win. You know, as as good as Castillo is, I think that the best signing that they made this season was Alistusa. I think Alistusa is going to be the new Matias Benitos, who they should have never gotten rid of. But yeah, there so, you go. yeah, I mean, he 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 has done. Uh, he he in in, in, the, in the in the in the two games that he's played he's he's made a, he's made a difference as well so hopefully uh, well I'm gonna say Pumas as well uh, Joel are you gonna are you gonna make it a poker is it gonna be four for four Yes the Goya chant will be heard loud and clear John Oh let's hope so let's hope so because uh, you know I've always said that a, that, that a three game winning streak is like a is like a you know it's like a shot of a, it's like a, like an antidote for to a, to a bad season so hopefully. <laughs> So hopefully that'll 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 be the case. I too, well, I, I, I'm hoping that Pumas will win. Now it's going to be a great Sunday because you have you have the Pumas game with America, and then that leads right into the uh, the uh, the AFC Championship and then right into the NFC Championship. And if you get bored with that, you can watch the butterflies against the uh, against the uh, against Santos uh, at, uh, at when you put it like that. Another good game when you when you put it like that. Yeah, you know, you, you, you can know, watch the the, the 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 second game as long as it remains interesting. And then you switch. You know, you know what? Not all of us like like football. Not um, all. Of us. I understand. I and, and I appreciate that. But you know, there 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 are some that uh, you know that uh, that just like like the spectacle of the you know of, of the, the the biggest Sunday and in, in uh, and I, and I think that this Sunday is bigger than NFL Sunday because there's two games. Of uh, you know of the of the NFL for the championship Sunday, as it were. So um, I do remember years ago when Fox had the World uh, had a, the Super Bowl, 
their lead-in to their Super Bowl was Chelsea-Manchester United. And Chicharito scored a massive equalizer, uh, you know, uh, to tie it 3-3. Like, it was one of those things where he put a triple move on John Terry. John Terry was so mad. It was so funny that, that Chicharito was able to get open and he scored the goal. And uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was just great for Chicharito to get that exposure back then. That was when, uh, I think in 2011 or 2012, it was, Sir Alex was still, was still coaching the team, so. Good, good on Chicharito for that, and hopefully he will uh, get out of his uh, exile. His well, I guess it wouldn't be an exile. It's kind of like he's like in a in a. In a... Well, I, I wouldn't know. Well, what, what term would we use for Chicharito's situation right now? Oof. He's in limbo right now, man. Yeah, limbo. He's frozen. Yeah. Oh, you know what he is? He's 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 in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Chichetti does, right? right? He's in carbonite. He needs he needs his chewy to come free, to come unfreeze him. That's what Chichetti needs. Anyway. My name is John Jagu. I really appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Uh, same time. Well, hopefully around the same time, 9.30 Central, 7.30 Pacific, and uh, 10.30 on the East Coast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Again, listen to this podcast and our previous editions on the Podcast Center. Subscribe to our, our YouTube <coughs> channel at the Cantina MX Podcast. Like us on Facebook, please. We post, a lot of, we post a lot of stuff on Facebook during the week and on the weekend. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Cantina MX underscore pod. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks very much.